Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll It's time to neighbors CJ, Kate and Bea. Let's get the Neighbours. Hi, this is Neighbours. You're listening to the Neighbours Recap Podcast, where we talk about the most recent episodes of the Aussie soap Neighbours that have just aired. I'm Vaya, and it's um it's pretty rough at the moment. Um, let me introduce who's here. Uh, I'm Kate at Remude. Uh, I'm Phil. And Phil's Kate's husband, <laughs> who we've roped in. He's my better half. And... Look, you guys have a very different relationship to the relationship I'm in because my partner won't ever watch Neighbours and doesn't listen to this podcast. But Phil is a subscriber to both the TV show and the podcast. Yeah, no, it's great. I love both the um, TV show and the podcast. That's not sarcasm, is it? No. Oh, (laughs) it's genuine. (laughs) Wow. Look, he's a... Maybe a reluctant viewer, but but he certainly does remember a lot about the show, and I can ask him things, and he'll answer me. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'm just in awe because I'm not used to this having someone else in the house who watches Neighbours. Well, look, KB might have an excuse, like maybe he's a little bit busy. Well, at yeah, six thirty. Okay, he's at work, and yeah, but also if he was home, he wouldn't be putting it on. <laughs> but uh, so, but the thing is, I'm look, I'm really down, you guys, because um, it's been a big week, Hotel Death Trap week, but. Um, on Friday, we lost the damn dog. Oh, my goodness. Bossy. Bossy's gone off to the German farm. Bossy's been written out of the show. Yeah. And there were two deaths and another character moving away, and I the dogs hit me the hardest. It's awful. Bossy was such good value. She stole the knickers off the line. Yeah. Had the, the personality change and the kid biting. She nearly had rabies. Yeah. Remember that time she out-acted Sheila? Yeah, she outacted everyone. <laughs> I'm so sad. And she didn't even get a goodbye. No, didn't even get anyone raising the question that maybe it's really inhumane to send a working cattle dog to Germany. No one. Do, they, mean, do she... they even have a backyard where they're going? No, you know, they're probably in some tiny flat. Yeah. I, I don't even know. Like, I feel like I've brought this on because this whole time I've been hating on Firstly, I hated on Matt Turner, and he died. Oh, yeah. Then I hated on Pastora Josh, and he died. I was really happy. And but then, we've been, look, we've been hating Drab a long time now, true. and he's not dead. Okay. So we can't blame ourselves. Okay. I just feel like this is some kind of retribution. <laughs> and I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. It's come to this. Yeah. but So it's really rough. I think we've just got to pick ourselves up, and we'll let's take it back I'm to... Get, get back on all four feet. <laughs> and we'll get to a cheerier <laughs> note and talk about the death of Doug. Yes. <laughs> Well, in look as Phil said earlier, what was it? You... Oh yeah, like um, no, he he died, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a ghost dog that suddenly appeared. Yeah, but... his ghost dog still got Alzheimer's, so we'll still be wandering the uh, <laughs> the streets of uh, Ramsey Street. He's going, Where is my grave? Because they say ghosts often have unfinished business on Earth, but he can't yeah. remember his. He Poor old codger. To whittle out his um, coffin, maybe? <laughs> yes. Actually, that's the funeral might take a while. If maybe Drab's going to whittle the coffin <laughs> with the leftover oh, wood. Do you reckon they'll drink a bit of his um, homebrew at the wake? Surely. Surely. <laughs> maybe not because um, it might remind them of um, Josh getting on the turps oh, and yes. getting on the coward punching. Fantastic. So, right. 
On Wednesday, the 6th of April, now earlier um, this week, we recapped Monday and Tuesday where we lost Josh. Yeah, it's, it's been six solid hours of Neighbours this week. It's just epic. And But on Wednesday, we have the reveal that Doug is in the hotel room with Ned, long lost Ned Willis. Who's absolute dead ringer for drab. Perfect casting. Mm. Uh, my friend and I call it plausible family casting, PFC, mm. and that's a great <laughs> example of plausible family casting. Unlike Pistori Josh, who looked like neither of his parents. No, not at all. Or I- his twin. Imogen was great fit. She looked a lot like Therese. And yep. Piper, I think, is a good blend Yeah, as actually, well. I think Piper looks reasonably like Trav. Yeah. Uh, but Josh, yeah, I don't know if they're real. We should th- maybe that'll come out in his birth records. When- that his mother's really stiff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we find out that Doug has brought Ned here. And what happens is Ned just starts wandering around the complex and just finds out by chance that his half-brothers died. Yeah, orcs. Yeah, and he doesn't really look, like, too affected by it. Mm. But anyway, everyone loves Ned straight away. Everyone online was like... Yeah, yeah, he's a breath, want, of, breath of fresh yeah, air. He's my new boyfriend. That's great that he's here. Um, clearly he takes after Natalie Imbruglia, his mother. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and um, Ned just hates drab. Oh, and yeah. That's, that's fine by me. He's one of us. You called it, didn't you, Kate? Like, yeah. You were like, as soon as he comes here, he's going to get laying straight into drag. Yeah, I just wanted him to smack him in the face for being a shit dad. <laughs> and, yeah, so he feels the way we feel, and it's comforting. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, Carl and Susan have just had this fallout from seeing Sarah oh, hobbling yeah. down the street. Team Sue's. Definitely Team Sue's. So she has to come back into contact with Susan and say, explain it away. Oh, I was just hanging She's out going, with your husband. Yeah, I wasn't doing anything with him. And Susan's like, I know, which actually does make me question, like, how Susan knows this. Because, how does she know? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking that maybe Carl needs a little bit of extra um, support from the blue box, maybe, to, to get things going in the sack. So that's why the blue box is necessary, not yeah. just for extra fun, but... To get things yeah, moving. completely necessary. I mean, the mind just boggles as to what it is that's making things work, but we'll just let it go with that. So she's completely secure in her relationship. Yeah. Blue box, blue pill, maybe? Oh, oh, yes. Mm. In fact, we all along, we've been thinking there's toys, there's costumes, yes, there's like... bondage equipment. <laughs> Couldn't just be one packet of tablets in that exactly. blue box. I don't know why they need a box that big, but you know. <laughs> They're bought in bulk. They went to Costco. <laughs> Uh, the thing that bothered me with Susan, though, in this episode is that she goes and has a gossip to Lauren the same day that Lauren's boyfriend's just lost his son. Yeah. Sue's. Where's your tact, love? Yeah. But, you know, like, nobody really liked Josh, did they? I mean, Sue's was his unwilling principal for a while, and that, she didn't, didn't like him there. Yeah, she couldn't keep him in class. But still, have, like, come on. Loz has got all her empathy glands mm. fired up. And... Loz knows about Sarah, doesn't she? Was she on the street at the same time? No. Oh. no. Um, remember Loz with, was with Drab? Yes. And then um, the Kennedys bought the Willis's old house. Right. So, and Drab had already left before they sold that house. So I guess Lou just must have filled them in. Like, he was, what else is he going to talk about? Oh, he'd love talking about a yeah. dirty slapper. Exactly. He's actually prime gossip as well about like old straight lace yeah. Carl, you know, having a massive affair exactly. with his secretary. So poor form, Susan. Now um, we go over to Erinsborough oh, Hospital. Yeah, hang on. Before that, I'd just like to say one of my tweets of the week mm-hmm. from Phantom Diorama is Sarah is one of the Beaumont children, isn't she? <laughs> so it's a very pertinent case here in Australia. It was a Miss, missing children. Three, a family 60s. of three children went missing at an Adelaide beach, beach, and they were the Beaumonts. 
and kind of, it's pretty famous and yet yeah, very sadly never found but maybe it is sarah beaumont well yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. no one else is claiming her mm. except for carl kennedy right now we've got to move over to the the hospital oh names yeah so crazy nene all she wants to do in life is nurse yeah she's not allowed a nurse we're not entirely sure whether she is a certified nurse or even in fact a human nurse she's a bit cray yeah she got her qualifications off the internet i think but she thinks it's a disaster zone i'm gonna fire up and i'll just start nursing like, yeah people need all hands on deck so she tries to start treating patients at the waterhole doesn't she yeah at the pub because they've set up triage at yeah, the pub which is okay we've got a medical expert here yeah. but what would they do in the case of emergency like you know they'd get them all straight to the hospital as well like and um triage the patients there, yeah, so, so mean, they wouldn't set up like a 20 bed triage in the waterhole, like where people are having their schnitzels. They set it outside, like not in actually. In, it's in a good the point. Yeah. There's, there's a whole lawn out there that yeah. they use for Pilates, it's available yeah. that we saw, you know, like dug. Just or, or maybe access, that's the morgue outside, yeah. just, you know. just access into the waterholes. You've got to be blocking, yeah, uh, traffic, you know, yeah. and, and stretches and. Yeah. It's like um, the Ebola virus has hit, and the because the <laughs> hospital's overflowing, and they've just mm. every available or maybe it's venue. More, maybe it's more zombie Ooh, attack. Yeah, because mm. that's the thing we've had neighbors versus zombies. Sometimes we have neighbors ghosts. So they it's, do... it's a very fine line between a zombie and a ghost, mm. isn't it? Okay, so but the thing is that Daniel has managed to get off to the hospital. So Immy's traipsed off to see him hours after her brothers yeah. parked it, just to do a bit of spooning in yeah. the hospital bed. Ugh, gross. Better clean that sheets immediately. <laughs> also, Phil, those green sheets they use in Erinsborough Hospital, is it, they're pretty, are they pretty fancy? Yeah, they are. They're normally uh, white, plain sheets with, like, you know, Greater Western linen service <laughs> printed all around it. But, uh, yeah, these look like, you know, they're from Kmart, maybe. It'd be tough work getting the stains, like, you know, dead body stains out of the green sheets. Um, it's, maybe it's uh, Daniel's just got really good private health cover. And they just bring in oh. his his own like, linens. They they actually read his insurance card and said, "Oh, thousand thread count, <laughs> Egyptian cotton, <laughs> sure." Or would have paid for it. Yeah, for sure. Now, in the middle of this hospital, Paige is trying to track down this John Doe that essentially saved her from the blast. Yeah. Well, I think that's a bit loose because he kind of just fell on her. No, you know what? He's a handsome man who is not a Willis nor a Brennan. So and we're okay with tick, it. Tick, tick, done. That we know of, I must say. Otherwise, Paige's only option now is Ben. Ew. But we yeah. don't know this guy's name. We don't even know if he's straight. He could be another Brad love child. From, uh, from Sydney. Yes, we've got every port covered. <laughs> well, yes, because he is. He's one of the river boys, isn't he, from Summer Bay? Oh, yes. No, well, oh, well he's, 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 not from, a river boy, he's but... from Summer Bay, but I feel like everyone every male that's on summer bay now is a river boy by association okay. just to get all the <laughs> girls excited and it, you know help with the logie chances so nini's swanning around trying to nurse this stranger and Paige cotton's on like no we fired you yeah from nursing oh and but in the meantime nini's managed to pick up a very fetching um blue polo top with erinsborough hospital on yes. which i wouldn't mind one of those myself to be honest Swear it around the house? Uh, yeah, where did she get that? My theory is that she went through the Canning's spare linen cupboard and maybe Georgia had left oh, a few a few versions of her uniform. That is brilliant. Yeah. That must be where it's from. Although I reckon like, at the end of the day, Kyle would have like stuffed um, Bossy's bed with her old clothes. <laughs> 
maybe it is. Maybe she went through mm. Bossy's bed and she's wearing yeah. a flea bitten old t shirt. Yeah, nice. Now, Amy has a go at her mum, and then, but her real issues are that Kyle is about to break up with her because he wants to go back to Georgia. Oh, yeah, my God. Just, I just want to bitch slap Amy. She's so annoying. Get over it. There's been like people die. Yeah, there's the body count. You can see rising. Doug's corpse and ghost on the lawn. Well, okay, so we'll get to oh, that. Oh, sorry, sorry. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler alert for four <laughs> seconds' time. Doug falls over, like drops to the ground in the middle of someone else's conversation. Mm, and that, then... Which was actually quite brilliantly done. Yeah. yeah. Just in between um, Drab and Ned, you just see him go, like, like make the death face yes. of agony and then just kind of keel over sideways. And you could see little, like, cartoon birds flying around. Like, it was very <laughs> cartoonish. And then... Did you know he's 80 in real life? No. He looks fantastic. Well, before 80. he died. Yeah, yeah. 80? Yes. Get out of here. Which makes sense because Jason Donovan's, like, in his late oh, that's 40s. That's right. He's yeah, Jason yeah. Donovan's dad. Oh, well, well done, Tess. Well done. The thing is, though, Carl, he's had a big day. He's already lost Josh, and now he has to try and revive Doug, old man Doug. Now, Phil, was this this emergency procedure, did that look legit to you? No, no. (laughs) Talk me through, what was he doing, Carl? Carl was um, basically just giving up. Well, he wasn't doing (laughs) the compressions uh, correctly or, you know, not the... The CPR should be to the beat of um, no, staying alive, isn't it? Like, yeah, huh? You know, like, I can't Is that a real thing? Is that the real thing? That's a real thing, yeah. So, like, yeah, like, wow. Yeah, like, uh, 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 yeah. And it has to be relatively quick as well. I'm yeah. so disappointed that Doug didn't pass out to the tune of the Bee Gees. <laughs> Maybe they got that in the UK instead. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and they just sped it up a bit. And then they spent all their music budget. Uh, they would have, like, in order to save him, they would have had to have broken ribs, wouldn't they? Like, so it would have been nasty. To, yeah, they yeah. would they would have gone quicker and deeper and yeah. harder. Well, they opened his shirt. They did. Yeah. They was, went one layer down. I was just really hoping there was, like, Peja tattooed him with, like, a giant ink um, DNR across his chest. Yeah, he just did that to himself because he didn't want to be around anymore. And then that's it. Carl can, can't do anything, probably because he didn't try. And then Doug's ghost rises. Yeah, yeah. Like watching um, Drab and Ned bond over their dead ancestor. So how come we got ghost Doug but we didn't get ghost Josh? Well, I've got a theory on this. Yeah. See, um, Doug was taking like the slow road to heaven. Um, yeah, for story Josh very quickly sucked down into the pits of hell. One way ticket <laughs> yeah. to hell and back. There's no option to linger here. You're just like, go on. <laughs> and that's the very sad Wednesday. Now what we'll do is uh, we'll take a moment and uh, we've had some cracker voice memos sent into us at uh, neighbourspod at gmail.com. So we'll hear from a couple of our neighbours listeners with their standout moments of Hotel Death Trap Week. Hey there and the Neighbours team, Sarah here from the UK, loving your podcast, it cracks me up every single time, so please do keep them coming. The highlight of Hotel Death Trap Week for me had to be Ghost Doug and his afterlife head bandage, not sure why he still needed that, and the brilliantly inappropriate length of time they left his corpse lying in the middle of Lassiter's complex. Classic Nabes. I also enjoyed the newly dubbed Immo totally ditching her twin to chase a bit of non-contributing zero eye candy. Poor form Imogen. Anyway, thanks for all the laughs and much love from rainy England. Hi, Simon here again. Um, My main takeaway from Death Trap Week is what a great way to bring Sarah back. 
Um, as someone who started watching Neighbours in the late 90s, the Sarah Carl Susan triangle is one that is very close to my heart. What I chiefly love is that every time she comes back, that affair gets more and more um, detailed. So it started off just as a kiss, then it became sleeping together. Then last time, it was basically like Carl was the only man she'd ever loved. So this time I'm sort of assuming that they were married for six years and have ten kids together or something, and they'll, they'll just work that back in with exposition conversations in the pub. Um, also, second takeaway, Re-Sara, is she wearing lip liner? Do people do that now? Is that a thing? Oh, and yeah, the hotel exploded. So Thursday the 7th of April, we've lost Doug. This is the body counts up to two this yeah, week. Yeah, it's, it's Willis hunting season. I'm actually a little sad that Doug died of natural causes and they didn't take the opportunity to kill another person in that explosion. That's true. That's true. That, that said, I feel like Doug got to go out with a bit of dignity, which he wasn't going to go out that way with, you know, like constantly touching up laws or, you know, pooping himself as we've seen him do in the last which, few weeks. Oh, that was such a disturbing, I couldn't even mm. cope with that scene. Mm. So we've lost Doug, RIP, the Willis patriarch. And that's two, that's again, that's two Willis men. Mm. Dad's lost his father and his son in the space of a couple of hours. Let's go for a third. Why not? <laughs> Trifecta. So there's this montage with very loud piano music, I must say. I felt like Adele was just there tinkling the ivories. Uh, while Drab lies there over his father. Oh, yeah. But in the meantime, somebody has, like, set up a portable gazebo. Not not a $25,000, like, yeah. dollar car. A little marquee. Yeah, a little marquee. Over poor Doug's corpse. Yes. And he's now lying on a blanket as well. I think it's just to keep the rain off because there's a bit of drizzle coming into the background. I do wonder whether it just started raining on that day and they're like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? We can't have him sitting out like his dead body out in the rain. We'll have to erect something around him. So they didn't even put a blanket over him or anything. Like when when there's a a grisly scene, you want to shield the public from having to see that. Imagine just being like, you know, you've come out of a collapsed hotel. Yeah. And suddenly, oh my God, there's like an uncovered victim there and the, the wailing mourner it's beside him. pretty dark. Yeah. Did um, anybody close his eyes or is he just oh, still staring that, at Yeah, Drab face? totally would have within about 10 seconds. He's the professional eye closer. Yeah. Because he closed Josh's eyes. Even when you're not dead, he'll close your eyes. <laughs> He's like, I got this, I got this. It was quite a poignant moment when Lauren comes over and hugs, like comforts drab like she she had the comforting concerned face down this mm. week i guess she was relieved that she didn't have to be the one to do all the like the bawling bum. and well now she doesn't have to like you know wipe his bum anymore look she wouldn't have been doing that anyway oh she so would have been <laughs> she's such a doormat and like and you're telling me drab would have been doing that No, nah, he was doing zero yeah also so drab then realizes he's got to tell to rage that another member of the family's gone but he can't do that over the phone no <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know how he's going to tell his mum that Doug's dead without telling her over the phone. Oh, my God, they haven't told Pam. Because no. Teray just got to know first, okay? Oh, Pam. This is very badly handled. Uh, maybe, do you think she'll even come for the funeral? No, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. She wasn't even there in life, let alone death. Yeah. So he goes off to tell Teray, but then he and Lauren sit down in the cafe and he gives Loz the backstory on Ned which I reckon he totally would have whitewashed the situation there. Yeah. Because from what we know about what happened to Ned, it's pretty poor. So can you, why don't you fill us in? Okay, so Drab was working at Lasseter's in Darwin, probably for his sister, and Tarage was working there as well. Oh. And his lovely wife, Beth, a.k.a. Natalie Imbruglia. Yeah. 
um, had just had baby Ned. And so he was like less than a year old. And then Tarej got her like her claws into drab. So you were going to say something else then. You just say Tarej got her girls out. And- <laughs> well, probably. Look, there must be something. But And she made a decision which she must surely regret that yeah. all these years later. She basically stole drab off Beth when she had like a baby who was less than a year old, which is a pretty scummy act for well, both of them. Yeah, because, well, because drab let himself be led. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not, look, I'm not absolving <laughs> him of any responsibility here. But, uh, yeah, and then now... And like, he left his wife and baby for Tarage. Yeah, and um, but then he's, like, trying to say, oh, you know, like, Beth, you know, wouldn't even let me see him. Yeah, he w- says, I tried to get up every couple of months to Yeah, you know, what, you know what that's saying to me? That's like, wah, 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 yes. wah. If she's making that much effort to avoid you, mm-hmm. there's something wrong with you, mate. He, he there's probably, it, like, an AVO out against he him. He says at one point that... Beth moved house and didn't tell him. Yes, yes. And again, you can't just move house quickly. No. Like, he would have probably tried to call. It was probably three years later and he's like, oh, she's moved, man. She didn't tell me. Yeah, like, if you, like how hard is it to you send a card and it gets sent back? Mm. Like, And you know what? Tarage has obviously been holding the purse strings all these years. And if yeah. she'd wanted Ned to be found, it would have taken mm. her, like, all of a week to find him. And he also says, so Ned comes in and meets... Lauren. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, first of all, he's calling um, Drab Dad, which yeah. I found really hard to swallow. No, yeah, you wouldn't call him Dad. No, you call him like Brad or Hey You. <laughs> yeah, mate. <laughs> Got some child support that needs paying. Bradley. Oh yeah, Bradley. Yeah, that would actually be great. That would... He's your grandson. Yeah. <laughs> Old man Willis. It also is weird that he's called Ned Willis. But he can't be Ned Brennan because that would just confuse everybody. Ned Brennan? Ned Brennan. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Mm. When's it going to turn out that they're related? It's got to. They have got to tie it back with the Bren bros. Distant cousin. Maybe someone will... Um... Because Natalie Imbruglia, very attractive woman. Beautiful. So that's why she's clearly a Brennan. Yeah. Maybe someone will go on um, like SBS's Who Do You Think You Are? And it'll come out. That... They'll be like, oh, yeah, you guys are actually just first cousins. Yeah, your great granddad's fought in the war <laughs> together or what? <laughs> that really, you know, the ugly Bren dad. Yeah, he's yeah. actually Beth's brother. Yeah. Yeah. So Ned doesn't want to stick around. He wants out of there. I don't even know why he came. No, no. Was it to be part of Doug's will? Which even that I'd be like. Nah, stuff it, mate. You either put me in it without yeah. having to get me there or not. You can do it over the phone. Yeah. So he wants to go, but Brad wants him to stay. He says at least... Oh, but, st- when, but when he sees Laws, he's all like, oh, yeah, so you're what the... Some, oh, it, so you're the new girlfriend. Squeeze, was it? The new squeeze? The, yeah. yeah. The new squeeze that was the old squeeze or something like that. And then Laws more or less had to say, actually, I knew him first. I've known him the longest. So calm down, <laughs> little buddy. But I don't even think Beth would be that resentful to Loz nah. anyway, because she'd be, I'd be like firmly focused on how much I hate to rage. Yeah. Although it seems to be fine with to rage. He calls her T, stepmum T or whatever. Yeah, that to me, that felt like a bit kind of like, I'm not even saying her name. Oh. She's going to be called T from this point onwards. Because, and... it, you know, it's basically like saying Voldemort. <laughs> so he resigns himself to stay and see the sisters so Imogen and Piper come around and they're all crying in the cafe. Why is everyone hanging around? Why isn't anyone going home? Very, very good question. I guess Loz has shut the cafe for them for the day. Maybe they'd have to explain why Paige wasn't there at that stage. Mm, yeah. Well, she's roaming around the hospital trying to figure out who this John Doe is. And then Piper confesses that Ned hasn't visited them since 2006. It's been 10 years. It's not up to him to come visit. 
it's up to drab to maintain a bit of the relationship. Yeah, and I mean, I guess when you're a teenager, you can decide which parent you visit or not. Yeah, that's but true. If the parent's not doing, so like, pulling their weight, so you don't how have how to. How old go. is Ned? Do you reckon? Because he came before Paige, didn't he? He was born mm, no after Paige. So when did Brad conceive Paige? Just before he got married to Beth. And so Loz went away thinking, well, not knowing she was pregnant. So then right. she had Paige. And probably a couple of months later, young Ned was born. Got it. And then, however, X months later, Munter was born. And then the twins were conceived as well. Yeah, yeah. So, like, everyone's the same age, which is probably why Munter and Imi tried to date. Yeah. Ooh. Yuck. Mm. Oh, okay. So he's 20, I reckon. Because yeah. I reckon he's older than the twins and younger than Paige. Yes, that's correct. Twin. Oh, we've lost the twin. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, but okay, so if he's 20, then 2006, he was 10. Okay. It's not up to a, t- to a 10-year-old to create family reunions. Yeah, legally, he should be um, visiting. It depends what their agreements are. Mm. Maybe there was no, maybe he had and Maybe no, Beth's just got, like, got him in witness protection to or, keep him away. Well, maybe Brad just had no access at all legally. So. Yeah. There was no custody arrangement. So mm. maybe he was at 10. Because legally you have to visit until you're 14. And then right. at 14 you get to decide yeah. how much time you spend with each parent. Oh, to Rachel would have been a nightmare to Ned. Oh, it would have been awful. Classic but, evil stepmother. Yeah. You know, though I have to say, in this whole situation, I'm obviously feeling sorry for, for Beth here because she's lived every day of her motherhood looking at bloody Brad, a drab 2.0. Oh, he's a dead ringer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's oh, depressing. how that would be. Yeah. So 10-year-old and then the little kids, that's the last time he saw the little siblings and now they're having a little reunion. Mm. And at this point, Lauren goes, why does she give Ned, oh, she gives, Ned goes to change his shirt because of, he's got blood on his shirt or something? Or dust? I don't know. I just realised that the girls don't even seem that sad about grandpa dying. Oh, I guess maybe they're shock, in shock. Oh, I don't know what's going on. It'd be pretty, pretty yeah. traumatic day. It'd be like, a, yeah. But he obviously doesn't want to whip his shirt off in the actual cafe area, which would make sense. He just wants to go and shake the dust all over the sangers she's making out in the, the kitchen. You can't make those sandwiches any worse. <laughs> and the, I was a bit disappointed because in the promos it looked like she was just checking out her boyfriend's son with oh, no shirt. yeah, it looked totally sus. I thought, this is on for young and old. But no, she just spotted this tattoo. His on- River Boys tat. Yes. The, what did you call them? Oh, uh, well, in honour of the Summer Bay River Boys, I think he's part of, he can be part of the Lasseter's Lake lads. The Lasseter's Lake lads. Yeah, it's actually Summer Bay. I think it's the Bra Boys. Oh, no, no, it's, it's the, that's, the River Boys. The, the, the Bra yeah. Boys are the original They're the real life, the real life gang. No, and then Summer Bay, because probably they didn't want to get beaten up by the Bra Boys. Yeah, decided, or Russell Crowe. Yeah, decided to make the River Boys the fictional counterparts. Right. Which is strange because they're like, they're on a beach. Look, anyway, look, I don't understand Summer Bay, yeah, so we won't go, go into it, but all we know is that we have a lake and that's what our damn bloody gang will be named after. Yeah, and they don't have a river, so whatever, home yeah. and away. Do you have an experience feel like if you saw a tattoo out in the wild on a naked torso, would you be able to zero in on the fact that it might be a gang tattoo? No. <laughs> and we, we Unless have... it says rebels or <laughs> hell's angels or you know, common cheros. <laughs> or, or maybe like love hate across the knuckles, you know that they're yeah. they're probably a dickhead and may have been in prison. It was she. Lauren had an amazing eye for detail mm. that she could say look, look, look just like what did it look like? Just a crest or a, was it a blade? Oh, I can't remember. Like a fleur de lis. <laughs> 
But the, the best part of it was is that she immediately went and sketched it behind oh. the counter rather than just Googling gang tattoos. Yeah, amazing use of her art mad skills. Yeah. Maybe she wanted to sketch it so she could go- oh. reverse Google image it. Did you see what somebody put? I think it was on Art of Neighbours. Somebody took a screen cap of her drawing hand and it wasn't her hand. It was like a man hand. Lauren's got man hands. Uh, must I don't know. I don't even know. Like, obviously, she probably probably didn't draw it herself, but couldn't they get, just get it a clutch a pencil? <laughs> or at least a girl from the art department <laughs> to pretend to draw. <laughs> can I just say, side note, I always get excited for people in the art department that can actually draw and they get to use their illustration skills yeah. on camera. I had a friend who worked on another production and she was a beautiful artist, but she had to just, like, design signs and banners and posters yeah. for the background. But they got her to do the colouring book version of the, for the TV show. So she got to draw like the adult colouring book illustration. Oh, how funny. How amazing. Imagine, That's cool. So imagine someone, the girl, the man who draws yeah. Lauren's, Lauren's artwork, maybe he could put out the Neighbours oh, adult colouring book. Oh, my God. I totally want a Neighbours colouring book. Oh, who would we want? I would want... Um, Drab. I would want the ceramic pig. I think there would be some beautiful, oh, yes. um, beautiful. like flowers we could fill yeah. in. Yeah. That would be very zen. Sonia's caftans. Oh, gorgeous. Uh, just get crack out, open your orange pencil for blue. <laughs> it's Cambodian tan. Phil, your ideal colouring book image? Oh, just all the animals that's been, you know, on Neighbours. Oh, no, you, know, you like... made me sad again. Have Audrey, <laughs> Dahl, the Galah. Oh, just an animal graveyard. <laughs> Ca- Cassie? Was it Casserole? Casserole, the sheep. Yeah, yeah. See, it's time, Bob. It's time for a cat. What we'll was talk... the cat? Elle had a cat. I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah. Elle did have a cat. Yeah. I'd look, I don't think cats work too well like, in studios. They must be hard to wrangle. We've had yeah. to put that. Where's your cat at the moment? Yeah, she's she's hiding. She's a loud meow. <laughs> uh, okay. So Lauren actually then, I, I admire her. She confronts Ned on his tattoo. Well, he firstly says, what's your problem with me? Why are you being so weird? And she says, well, actually... I've recognised that tattoo yeah. from my ex-husband. Well, my dead husband co- was a cop. Yeah. And in Isa. Mount Isa? <laughs> yeah. Who knew that Mount Isa had a gang scene? I, well, I've got an aunt and uncle that lived there for ages because my uncle worked down the mines. Was he in the Comancheros? Like my... And it, what's his first name? He, Peter. My uncle Peter down the mines. Peter down the mines, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and no, this whole scene passed me by. That's amazing. But she says to Ned... Well, actually, that looked like a gang tattoo, so what's the go? You yeah, we don't gang? need that. She's around here, brah. <laughs> and he says, no, not in one. It's just uh, got into, you know, messed in with I the got, wrong crowd. When I was 16 or yeah, whatever. Just hung out with some kids when I was 16. And, got, and she, Lauren, uh, this is where I question her logic a little bit. She just goes, okay, believed. <laughs> sure. I'd be like, I'm going to go off and see Dull Cop about this. Yeah. Are you in a gang? No. Cool. Conversation over. Just if you can tell me to my face, then that's all I need to know. Yeah. yeah. So we leave the Willises, the grieving Willises, and we jump over to Paul, who is consoling Porter Rage and brings around some takeaway with all the trimmings I noticed. Mm, yum, big, big brown bag. A bit, of, a bit of a pizza and a pad thai and uh, some dumplings. Some wontons thrown in. Yeah, amazing. And at this point on the couch... He sneaks in a little cheeky, I love you. Oh, no, but even better, as he's sitting down, he goes, oh, I know this won't make you feel good. Come on, this is where you need to throw in a splice of, don't it make you feel good? I, unlike you, Kate, I can't remember. 
Oh. Paul Robinson's one hit wonder Excuse at a moment's me. notice. All it takes is one viewing of that before you go, oh my God, he's like, you know, like clutching his fists and you're like, don't make you feel good. Don't make you feel good. Feel has Kate subjected you to the Stephen Dennis? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Excuse me. Ma- many times before. Excuse me. He lived through the Stephen Dennis singing era. <laughs> Actually, question. Now, I I know that their song you guys walked down the aisle to was Suddenly. Suddenly, yeah, that's right, yeah. Which is Kyle and Kyle. Kyle, oh, they are. Call yourself a neighbours fan. <laughs> Kylie and Jason, Scott and Charlene walked down the aisle to it. And then didn't they do a remake of that song? Yeah, yeah, Ringo sang it. To, um, oh, that's right. Played it for Donna's wedding because he's like, oh, Paul told me his brother walked down the aisle to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Just pin it to your Pinterest board and pick a song you actually like. Yeah. How? Tell me about how this came to be. Did How did Kate pitch that to you? I assume it was her idea. Yeah, it was totally her idea. I just agreed <laughs> to everything, I think, at the time of <laughs> a wedding. I've, I've heard of grooms just going, yeah, whatever table setting you like, pick whatever flower colours you like, but... Whatever TV show music, theme music you want. <laughs> well, I, I guess she, um, you know, she's been planning this wedding since she was eight years old, I guess. Seven, seven years seven old. Seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's always been her dream wedding song. So, yeah. Oh, you know. Look, I don't know if I've been holding on to that song for that long, but it, it is an iconically wedding-ish song. If ever there's proof that there's a lid for every pot... <laughs> It's that you found the bloke that's happy, agreeable enough to have the neighbours' wedding march. But oh, only one person actually said anything to us about it, and that was my sister-in-law, who yeah. said, "I was like, I nudged, I nudged your brother and said, that's the song from Neighbours." <laughs> At least it's a nicer tune than the actual Neighbours theme song, which would have been weird. Oh, that would have been super weird. <laughs> With the little understanding. <laughs> Barry Crocker version. Oh, we, we we truly did find the perfect blend. Yes. Ew. <laughs> ew. Shut it down. You guys are going all Daniel and Emmy. Ooh. <laughs> um, so, forgot where I was. I went back at Paul. Paul's um, oh, because I was making all, it feel good with yeah. the takeaway with all the so trees. I was all lovey-dovey. And he drops the I love you. And I didn't notice. I said, I, I noticed because I was like, Paul. She's literally just had her son die. Like, his, his corpse is still warm. Yeah, they haven't even excavated him. No, he's, he's in there. It's like the, the thing that's crushing him is probably crushing Tony in, yes. some, in some way. Yeah. Oh, well, hang on. Spoiler alert. Sorry. No, we'll get to that in a moment because <laughs> whatever. What have you done, Tony? You fool. I, look, I reckon Paul there, though, that maybe his theory is maybe I can just stump the sads out of her. Which I thought would have been quite appropriate because mm. nothing else was going to make her feel better. Yeah. <laughs> She don't make you feel poor thing. <laughs> Her kids have I don't know they've scattered. I don't know where they've yeah, gone. They're, they're having a family reunion. Down yeah, true. At so then, at this point, dull cop. He's on the scene. He's got the case. He's picked up the case and he's trying to find out the mystery oh, of yeah, why how, not? The, how the baller room exploded. Oh, which during the week we put a shout out on Twitter to find out if we had any boiler experts <laughs> in our audience. Pretty slim pickings. Okay, so yeah, we put a shout out on Twitter this week to find out about whether a boiler would explode in such a spectacular manner. And we had... Um, and then not leave any flames. <laughs> it is amazing. Or steam. Mm. Like the, no, Nobody actually got flash burns from the um, yeah. boiler. Or maybe they did, but they were just um, like, mi- minor characters that we would never meet. Yeah, and now they're just looking like boiled dim sims. So maybe it yeah. was like a, maybe it was a really high death count and we just didn't know <laughs> it about like, it. It's like a mushroom cloud over <laughs> Erin Sparrow. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, yeah, so Phantom Diorama, Mike said, if pressure build up, for some reason, a boiler could explode and it may damage the electrics as well. And old mate AJ said it was unlikely to cause that kind of damage. Even an industrial boiler wouldn't without a further catalyst. My, my theory on that is that Lassiter's is built on an ancient Indian burial ground because a lot, lot of bad shit's gone down there. There was this amazing retcon storyline on Home and Away years back where so people kept dying like uh, over many years as they do on soaps. And then one day, um, one of the characters who was uh, – she was like a little Erin Brockovich. She was going around discover, mm-hmm. like fighting for the people and she discovered that there was – Um, a section of Summer Bay had this cancer cluster because of this like industrial waste disposal and that had been causing all the deaths in the area. Fabulous. Even the homicides. Brilliant. Most, well, I don't know. They kind of swept a lot (laughs) under the rug. But so it was explained away all the previous deaths. And Mm. so she was trying to bring about a lawsuit against Mm. the council or whatever it was, the company. But oh, fabulous. So we need to discover that maybe there really is something to do with Lassiter's that's killing everybody. Just going back to the boiler for a second, Mm. after we'd done all those shout outs, I thought, oh, hang on, my sister is an engineer and has worked in industry for over 20 years now. Oh, we can hear from her now. Yeah. yeah. So this is Kaz. So a boiler in something like a hotel would not normally operate at the pressure to blow up a whole building, a full story building. It's ridiculous. There'd be a boiler and if it did fail, it would let off a bit of steam and and water would gush everywhere, kind of like your hot water servers at home when they go, just a bit of steam and a big pile of water, but not a massive explosion. And she mentioned four stories. It's actually a six-story building, I think yeah, we found yeah. out. It's a tower. Um, she also said that a, a boiler, according to WorkSafe, actually needs to have constant supervision. Mm, no. Sorry. <laughs> it was just whoever happened to be free to wander down there. I oh, Look, I think this is a clear case of Lassiter's negligence anyway because, you know, whatever, at the end of the day, even if someone has sabotaged it, Lassiter's let them have access yeah. to it to do it. You know what Tarade should have done? This is where she was unwise. Her son had no prospects. She could have sent Josh down there. She could have given him a full-time wage to sit down there around the clock and just mm. watch the boiler, just make sure it was... No, he's, he's not contributing anything else to no. society. So really, she failed in all aspects. Yeah. And now we finish with Paul into rage because he has decided to... Uh, this is like the fifth case of someone hacking someone's email in the last two weeks. Oh, yeah. It's like constant. I'm like clutching my phone whenever I leave the room. Yeah. I don't have a... Philip. Pa- <laughs> I don't have a passcode on my phone, but... Maybe well, I'll you, do, you should now. I'll put one yeah, on. Yeah. So Paul's watching to rage scroll through to download the CCTV footage of Lasseter's boiler room, which is amazing. And just, just download it, like because it won't be anywhere else. Great service. I've been watching a lot of crime shows where they have to go get the VHS tapes from the security <laughs> guard. And they're grainy, and he's always taped over half of it. Mm. And so this is a great service. Well, that's the thing. They could afford to have a really schmick um, security footage, but yet no one's actually fixed the like broken yeah. boiler. Yeah, they're like stuff, or aircon. Stuff, yeah. stuff could explode, but when it does, we're going to have really high res vision yeah, yeah. of what actually went down. So Paul sees this footage and then deletes it from her computer. And now, but we I can't finish off Thursday before referring to one of the other street members who's in a bit of strife. Um, Toadie, Toadfish Rebecca. Oh yeah. He has entered the black zone of the wreckage. He's it, like people aren't aren't asking where Toadie is at this stage. No one. Everyone's like he's in the city. He's in the city. No one even put a call into him to go. Guess what? Josh died. Like, come home no. and come and uh, hang out with but, our friends. But again, come on. Nobody cares that Josh died. I kept actually trying to think of who would be affected by his death. Well, he literally had no friends outside of his family. Because when Aaron just shrugged it off, Tyler shrugged it off, Mm. Amy was preoccupied with herself. 
even yeah, Kyle shrugged it off. Um, and he was generally unlikable. It was just him and Immy and his mum. They should have brought in um, Courtney, barmaid Courtney. She, oh, she yeah. threw him a bone once. She probably would have yeah. shed a tear. He threw her a bone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so Toadie is trapped in the rubble. And theoretically, it's the same day that everything went down. Yeah. And he calls Sonia. Firstly, if I had phone coverage, I would be just sending a text going, trapped under building, send help. ASAP. Because then that doesn't use much battery. Exactly. But, yeah. yeah, I'd be turning off Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and everything and just getting it back to like old school texts yes. as well. But he's like, no, in the background, he's got Facebook downloading. Like, I don't know what he's got on his phone <laughs> that's eating up his data. <laughs> but he gets on the phone to Sonia and before he can even say, well, I thought he actually even said help, I'm stuck. But she just couldn't hear any of it. But you know what worries me about this is that Toadie, is he going to have like double paraplegia now because he's just recovered from paraplegia oh yeah well phil diagnose <laughs> him please oh he's gonna uh, grow an extra leg i think since everything's been <laughs> been damaged already so um no nah, i think he'll be he'll be fine he's he's been through he's lying under very heavy bricks well they're not because he keeps moving them well but... he's 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 half a robot now surely mm. he's the bionic lawyer yeah. But I'm just like worried. Is it double paraplegia, quadriplegia, octoplegia? Neighbours' first octoplegic. Because they've had a quadriplegic. They had Reese Lawson's mum. Oh, yes, yes. Who was played by a friend of mine, Sancia Robinson. (laughs) She was much younger. Like, she was at least 10 years younger than Elaine was set up to be. And she was able-bodied. So she had to just only use her head. That's right. And, and sometimes I would run lines with her before she had a scene and we would just dissolve into laughter because <laughs> I'm like, you're moving your chin. Oh, sorry. You're moving your fingers. Sorry. <laughs> you, you just want to like just hold on to the chair yes. so you didn't move. And I should, I'll post a picture of her because there's a, a picture of her in the wheelchair with the iPad and she's like, how am I using that iPad? I with can't, her nose? I can't move. <laughs> anyway, Toadie's stuck down. Like, come on. Toadie, he just got stuck in the fire a few, like a few mm. months back. What, get, sort yourself out. Oh, Toadie's had a, a run of ill health. And that's Thursday. We leave Toadie in peril. Let's take a moment and we'll hear from another couple of Neighbours listeners weighing in on their standout moment of hashtag Hotel Death Trap. Tom here, Mr. Underscore Gilmore Twitter. My defining moment from this week was Sarah, who was unable to actually walk out of the hotel, managed to walk all the way to Ramsey Street carrying her high heels in her hand. Hi Neighbours Pod, Misreading the Hills here from Twitter. I just wanted to say that I think the one standout moment of the week was when Sonia said this. You always miss it, it's the year to me, I need to pee. Totally unnecessary on her part. I don't think we've ever seen a character actually announce that they need to go for a pee. Not even a child actor would do that. Also, I really want to know, who actually won Citizen of the Year? And now we'll hear from Sarah and Paul at Sarah C.P. Jones and at Paul 2 Dart. I do like a bit of banter between them. Hi, neighbours. It's Sarah and Paul. Hi. Uh, we're going to tell you our favourite bits of Hotel Death Trap episode. Uh, mine is actually not during the hotel explosion. It's when Kyle goes to see Georgia and she's like, I wanted to travel the world, Kyle. And he's like, oh, what happened? And she's just seen it, seen the world, tick. <laughs> that was my favourite bit. Yeah, I've done it all. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, you know, they're not bothering to save Josh. Yeah, don't, don't cut him out, leave him. Uh, Paul? Uh, my favourite bit is when Carla's just like, you're going to die. 
And Josh is like, oh, fine. Don't, don't, don't need a second opinion. Don't want any of the people that are actually dressed up as like Ambos or SES people or any, anything like that. Just like, oh, well, Carl says it. I mean, Ramsey Street, yeah, he's, he's the guy that knows this stuff. So cool. All right. This is Friday and the the final chapter of Hotel Death Trap. This is where it gets really architecturally confusing for me. Mm. Ben and Xanthi this whole time have been up in room 601. Which I don't think actually got much of an aftershock up in the stories because it looked no. fine, that room. I mean, I don't have architectural experience, but I've played Jenga. And when you pull blocks out of the bottom level, the whole tower comes down. Holy shit, yeah, that's right. I mean, I think we've all seen footage of September 11. Mm. We all saw what happened there. But, like, Lassiter's, the yes. whole first floor gets obliterated. Uh, Everything else top, stays top up. Top floor, dishevelled. In fact, maybe that architect who was in line for Citizen of the Year. I think he should. Year, maybe he's, he's defied physics. Maybe he's quietly impressed. He's like, well, look at this amazing design. <laughs> it is actually, it must be absolutely rooted, that building now, you'd think. Is it going to have to be completely demolished? Is it like the, the rebuild the Twin Towers or, at that point? Or um, everyone has to stay at the shitty motel. Yeah, fantastic. Which looks very real. I think that really is the East Burwood Motel. It looks... V- the exterior shots yeah. are, yes. Yeah. Not oh. the interiors. I can only assume oh, no. that the East Burwood Motel doesn't have bed bugs but, more, and, the, bike and they've got more than one room with yeah. one bed. But, yeah, no, that pool and everything is clearly, yeah, the East Burwood Motel. Oh, which, amazing. Um, maybe we'll get our UK listeners, if they come to Melbourne, they should go and stay there. I want to go stay give us, there. Give us reports. We could have a, a neighbour's Christmas go, party there by the pool. Let's go rent a room by the hour and go take the mobile oh, studio, nice. the Pirate Net studio and broadcast there. I'll bring the mattress protector so we don't bring home bed bugs. <laughs> Everybody will have those Robinson um, towels. Uh, oh, the, the bathrobes. Bath Actually, saucy. Phil raised this, this <laughs> earlier this week with me. We were discussing this in the car. Which one was that? It was uh, about the about Carl when when oh, Carl, yeah, when well, Carl when uh, Paul when, uh, Paul was saying to Carl, "Oh, I'll do anything. I'll give you anything to save Daniel's life." What has Paul got left? Just the brand new Robinson bathrobes, the, the bamboo bathrobes, <laughs> and yeah. we all know that Carl has got a thing for hotel bathrobes. That, that is actually Carl's currency. Yeah, like, Phil's onto something. That's it. That any, was it. Was clearly a bribe in bathrobe yes, form. Anything for free. So Ben and Xanthi. Ben is obviously Susan and Carl's grandson. He is such a square. Zan Can is Colette Nan's granddaughter. Mm. And she has taken a liking to Ben on first sight. Mm. She has fallen head over heels and to the point where she was trying to um, liquor him up so she can have her way with him. And then um, she vomited all over Susan. That was such a weird drunken experience. They, she had like what a 600 ml bottle of Sprite yeah. that she'd push enough vodka in that the Sprite had drowned out the flavour of the vodka, mm. so I maybe maybe a shot glass of vodka in a bottle of Sprite. This is quite dodgy, actually. Like, if, if it, the roles were reversed and a, a young boy was yeah. trying to... and you know what we'd call her? We'd call her Pistori Josh. Yes, we would. <laughs> I can't think of the female Xanthi equivalent, but we will. Tweet well, us. Is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's not okay. She's no. essentially, like, roofying him, more or less. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work, but now... Her new tack is to lure him ACDC style. Yeah, she's told Ben, who likes uh, ACDC, yeah. <laughs> that Angus Young is staying in Lassiter's. Of course. I mean, in her defence, Brooke from The Bold and the Beautiful was just staying there. Yeah, so why yeah. wouldn't all the other stars mm. camp Can't out there? Stay in, yeah. So he's like, all right, 
Like, it might, it might he, he didn't even Google it. Like, nah. ACDC were probably playing in Germany or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Carl decided to go Akadaka. Yeah, Boganic. He's like, I'm there. <laughs> oh, George will be there too. Oh, no worries. Mm. He, ben, okay, in my experience, maybe I'll, I'll, t- I'll put this to Phil. If, as a young girl, when I was at school and I liked a boy. Just as a caveat here, Phil did go to a boys' school. <laughs> I went to a girl's school. But well, I went to a girl's school, so we, we actually don't know anything about interpersonal teenage uh, yeah. relationships, do we? I don't know how we both ended up in relationships. But I would try and pursue people. If I had said to a guy that I liked, come and hang out with me at a place where this famous person is, after I'd just gotten you drunk and threw up, thrown up on your grandma, how would you be? Yeah, cool. <laughs> Maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe Ben's just like, all right. <laughs> Maybe times were tougher back in our single sex school days. <laughs> okay. Ben's gone to a co-ed school. He's got a few more opportunities at his disposal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't have to just he's, follow Zan around. He has around. flashed his wang on the internet, for God's yes. sakes. But no, he's like, all right, Zankan, let's go. And there's this web series that is uh, 10 seconds out of video at a time oh, on Instagram. On Instagram, because you can only have 15 second videos yeah. on Instagram. And wow. It's. Interesting. A lot of lot of hair caressing involved in them so far. It's a very brief method of storytelling mm, and mm. repetitive because yeah, then the, the videos all loop. Yes. <laughs> so it's it's experimental. I don't know if I'm down with it. Yeah. Look, I have to say, good on them for giving it a go. Yeah, I, I would much rather see Piper do little stints of pipe up on Instagram. Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll reserve judgment because it is meant to go on for another couple of weeks, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So Xanthi has taken Ben up to this hotel room. And so meanwhile, the hotel's exploded and they're trapped up there. And yeah. she does not really fussed by that. And he's all like, do you reckon he's still coming? Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, we can't go downstairs. My grandpa will be down there. Because he's the only doctor in Melbourne. Yeah, and I was a bit confused. I thought at first that they were all... On lockdown. Yeah, that's what I thought, that they would all be put on lockdown because of the explosion that had happened. Mm. But mm. no, they, they could just wander wherever they wanted to. And there the is police would be questioning every single person who's been there as well into, yeah, in terms it, of... There's some terrible, oh, terrible emergency evacuation Especially, protocols at Lasseter's that they're not going, even empty rooms, not going room by room to make sure they're empty because someone is going to be door knocking. There could be a cleaner up in room 601. Yes. Did room 601 remind you a lot of Paul's penthouse? I reckon it was the bare bones of his penthouse. Yes. And it actually took me half the episode to work out they were in a hotel. I thought they were in like, you know, the Kennedy's back room that we never see oh. or something because it was dark. All the was. lights had yeah, blacked yeah. out. I just I just remembered like um, when Carl went to room three hundred one, and then uh, when Carl went to Georgia was room four hundred one. Yes. And then now. And Toad's the, in one hundred one. Yeah, and then the Ben and Zan. Zan can. Zan can's up in room six hundred one. Did I just change the front numbers just to save some money? I reckon they would have. <laughs> well, art department's blown their entire budget on columns. And bricks on Toad. It's a reinforced steel. So there's not a lot left for hotel numbers. <laughs> Who's in room 501? That's the question. What's in there? Is it just like a big stack of jeans? Which room was Georgia in? 401. We still don't know if Georgia even made it out. So No, RIP Georgia. And yeah, awkward, awkward times for <laughs> Kyle over in Germany. It's like, oh, she said she'd be here. Oh, she stood me up again. <laughs> we should get to them. So Paul into Rage. He's trying to still comfort Tarage, and I, I think I got mixed up before. This is the day he told her he loved her. And, to, and Tarage is obviously still sad. Her son 
body not cold. And he says to Tarage, let's go visit the non-contributing zero. Let's go visit Daniel. Why not? Why not just, you know what? I'm giving Tarage an absolute out if today she just wants to go and get blind drunk Ooh. and cry. Curl up in your bed, bottle of wine. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> cask a cooler bar. Put a crappy, put like Gossip Girl on TV and yeah. just chill out. And just cry because your your only son has died. Yeah. But Paul's like, no, let's go and visit the surviving child. Yeah. No. Let's go and visit this shithead who dated your daughter for a while mm. and is, is your employee just so you can be back in boss mode. However, we do get a bit of a thrill at the hospital. Julie Quill appears. Oh, yes. And she's and she's nice to Paul as she's well. She's cute. And she's got her arm in a sling. What do you reckon happened to Julie in the blast to get her arm in a sling, Phil? Oh, just probably a little scratch, maybe. <laughs> if, we're, if we're comparing we're, it to Sarah. Or a dislocated shoulder, either one. Maybe a bit of shrapnel from a column. Just Yeah, those columns, man. Lethal. Now, she casts aspersions that Paul might be somehow involved in this blast because they never got the aircon reported that he'd tampered with it. Yeah, and she's she's casting shade on Rage not actually reporting the, the, the tampering. Oh, which is so brutal. It's like, hmm. you know your son that just died? <laughs> I think that's actually your fault, Tarage. Yeah, and also, um, well, I tried to get it repaired, but you wouldn't sign off on repairs. Oh, man, brutal. But um, Paul was saying, where's Tom Quill? It's a great question. And, and um, Julie, Julie Quill <laughs> said, oh, he went up to Sydney last night. And he's like, no, I saw him this morning. Uh, I've been watching a lot of The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Oh. And I couldn't, actually. I, I got a bit bored with it. O.J. Simpson was interstate when the police were trying to find him. Yes, that's right. He was off in Chicago. Yeah. yeah, which is a long way away. So this reminds me a lot of that. Tom just went, committed crime. I'm going to Sydney. Look, and it's only, what, 90 minutes? He could go back and forth multiple times a day. <laughs> now, meanwhile, Toadie's still down the hole. Uh, we're trying to get a radio down to him. And the, the bit of um, concrete and metal is encroaching on him further and further. And who has come to the rescue? <gasps> Bossy. No. No. Oh. No, I'm so sad. <laughs> He's a sniffer dog, isn't she, he? She's a sniffer she, dog. She'd be an excellent search and rescue dog. Yeah, she could. She could have stayed and got a job with the SES. Yeah. Just got some like suede booties on her. Yeah. No one. No, but even of that. even better. It was Nate. Nate's back, and his eyebrows are back. His eyebrows. He's um. He looks great in an orange SES. Yes, he does. Jumpsuit. Mm. He's got a bit of a cheeky fifties kind of curly hairdo now. Yeah, and the thing is, Aaron. It's weird with them already. Aaron's like, okay, he's back. I'm weird about this. Doesn't take a minute to go. Hey, guess what? Our mates died. Just straight away is like, oh, what's going on with you? You didn't call me. No, I'm busy. And he goes, this is my first day. Okay. It's a volunteer organization. Yeah. It's it's not a paid employment role for old no. mate Nate. And it's not like you have a nine to five shift. You When there's a disaster, you turn then, up. then you go and help. Yeah. Now, they send the radio down to Toadie. On a bit of rope. And we find out that he was in the complex because he was there to fill out Doug's will. Another, yet another unmissable drama, that one. Surely when he got diagnosed with... Toadie's conveyancing career. Surely when he got diagnosed with Alzheimer's, Pam would have sorted out his will with him. Yes, power of attorney. And yet would the will still be valid with him clearly being demented? Mm. Well, maybe that's up for contention when it all... Now, the interesting thing here is that Toadie's final wishes, he thinks he's not going to make it. He thinks the pillar's going to crush him. And he uh, grabs Steph on the line. Yeah, yeah, because he's chatted to Sonia for a while. Yeah. and yeah, so Told like, her he loves her. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. So he's on the line with Steph and he gives actually 
quite an amazing final speech. I thought he rivaled Josh in what he thought were his last words. I, look, I was really pissed off that he was like talking to Steph instead of Sonia. Here. He already said he loved Sonia. There was nothing no, else. But no, final words are not for some slapper you were engaged to twice who tried to like have some, you know, some scam relationship with. No, 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 Toadie. I was, I was fully expecting Toadie to say, I love you more than Sonia. <gasps> Wow. Well, no, I think he got Steph because there was some dodginess involved, which we'll get to in a moment. Mm. But so he starts off by saying, look after Sonia, look after the kids, like my kids. Callum. Oh, yeah. Tell Callum what a great dude I was. Mate, he can watch the bloody DVDs. Also, there's no way Callum's coming back. No. That's wishful thinking. But so then he says to oh. Steph, now, if I go, I want you to go through my stuff. There's a red folder. I want yeah. you to destroy it. I think this is the perfect opportunity to get our listeners to tell us what they think's in Toadie's red folder. What's in the red folder? Oh, my God. Is it like the blue box? What do you think, Kate? Well, it, it, immediately I thought, is it some sort of illegal porn? <laughs> but then... He's the, just gone hard copy, old school. Then our friend Mary Printed from Townsville did say, do people actually print off porn these days? Do they have hard copies of that sort of thing? Like, they go through a lot of printer ink. But Toadie's kind of savvy, right? Because, like, if it is, like, particularly nasty illegal porn, if, if he's got it in hard copy, nobody's going to track him down online to find it. Yeah, no, he'll go, that was, that's yeah. not mine. But on a less sordid note, maybe it's, well, it could be something about Sonia's past. Phil, what do you reckon? Um, I think I think it's probably um, work cover, private investigators, uh, photos of Toadie uh, dancing when he was, you know, being a paraplegic and jumping <gasps> up and down and oh yeah, it's fascinating. He's just scamming yeah, the just system. Scam the system, yeah, oh. and just playing the in the wheelchair. That's right. Just claiming the compo. Oh. Brilliant. Do you want to hear my theory? Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty excited about it. I've got another theory now. It's really good. Okay, my theory is that the documents inside the red folder pertain to D, who <gasps> went over the cliff, <gasps> but actually went into witness protection and those documents contain her whereabouts. <gasps> bring her back, bring her back, bring her back, bring her back. She, the poor woman's got six kids. Give her a break during the day. Yeah, she needs some pocket money. But that's what I reckon. I reckon that she's been alive this whole time and he's got all the details about her, her wit, wit set. I have literally got goosebumps. Yeah, I thought of that last night. That's I was the best. So Neighbours, writers, if you haven't resolved it so far, resolve it with this. Because Yeah, do it. Because you let me down with Chaz. And that whole storyline yeah. that I put forward. And look, it's much more palatable than yeah. illegal porn as well. <laughs> you can, yeah, can't show as much of that on 6.30. But also, I thought of it last night because my friend Penny, who hosted the show two episodes ago, doesn't watch Neighbours, but she's been hooked in with Hotel mm-hmm. Death Trap. And she texted me last night going, oh my God, what's in the red folder? I have to keep watching. I have to keep watching. It's genius. <sighs> it's a hook. Genius. Okay, here's another theory I just thought of. Maybe it's like um, Nellie Fisher's true parentage. Ooh. Maybe he did a bit of like a, a, a mouth swab on her, found out he's not really her dad. Wow. Mm. Maybe Even though she... she does look a lot like him. She does. It's great, plausible family casting. <laughs> Maybe she's half Breno because he's so, att- dull cop, yeah. so attached to little Nellie. That is perfect, actually. And that's, maybe that's why Sonia's so jealous yes. of Steph all the time. And that's like how Sonia had the attachment to Callum before he found yes. out that she was his real mum. <sighs> okay. And Toadie does seem like the kind of kind-hearted guy who, like, for, oh, forgive yeah. and forget. And he does love little Nellie. Okay. At Neighbours Pod, tweet us. And at Neighbours Pod at Gmail, tell us what's in the red folder. Mm. What's in the red folder? Got to know. Finally, that's given us all a buzz. Mm. 
and we won't need to spend much time on this because I'm absolutely livid with Kyle. Coyle has made the decision kind of off camera. Yeah. Like he kind of admitted to Amy, oh, I don't really, I, I think I need to go, I think I love my wife still. That, Which is commendable that he's like willing to make a commitment I mean, to his I, relationship. I guess he didn't commit to the divorce, so, you know. <laughs> he's like, oh, man, I've got too many assets. I don't want to split them up. So he's decided he's going to Germany to follow Georgia. Yeah. Where she will be working in a hospital. Yeah. Actually, Phil, are there yeah. any bilingual staff members at the hospital you work at? Nine. <laughs> I mean, they might be bilingual, but they don't conduct their well, business. Actually, you, you are actually talking to one. That's yeah, you're bilingual. Do you, what's, what languages do you speak? Oh, I speak Cantonese, yeah. Do you do, like, your work day in Cantonese? Maybe to Cantonese patients who yeah, don't yeah. really understand <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, English that much That's and nice. need like, a bit of uh, interpretation as well. But not to um, not speaking Cantonese to like a um, Italian Italian or a Greek lady. Or, if you <laughs> went to China and you didn't speak the language, could you work in a Chinese hospital? I could probably get away <laughs> with it. It'd actually just be like working in Aaronsborough yeah. Hospital. You'd be completely stuffed, but just, it'd be okay. It'd work out just with some charades or. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe maybe if she's working in an international hospital, maybe. But oh, still, yeah, you would think yeah. you would need to have some working knowledge of... Of the language. Body yeah, part, yeah. What body parts are. Yeah. Uh, but even more curious is, how's Kyle going to sustain a living in Germany? Dial a Kyle. <laughs> um, so, actually, well, what's interesting is we do have um, a sneak peek at his, his new ad campaign for the business that he will be starting up in mm. Germany. So, oh, um, I think they're actually going to sponsor part of this podcast. So, we, oh, should, wow. we should play this that. This is exciting. Yeah, so let's hear from that. Ich bin das Handemann. Essen meiner Scheißen. Oh, g'day, Neighbours listeners. Cole Canning here. I just popped in to say, uh-roo. As you might have heard, I'm buggering off to Germany with me estranged missus. Going to set up a business building pagodas or Scheisenhausens as they're called over there. Bossy's coming too. Me mate Honger reckons she'll make a perfect schnitzel. I think that's some kind of police dog. Anyway, see you soon, I guess. Unless I go blind staring at an eclipse, which is always a possibility with me. Ich bin das Handemann. I mean, that's really industrious of Kyle. Like, he's really made that it's work. It's amazing. Good on him. So he's where Kyle, it's still the day, the same day that everyone's, that Josh has died, that the mm. building's collapsed. That Kyle's been electrocuted. That he, yeah, that he saw Georgia that afternoon, got electrocuted. Pashed on. Told Amy he's, he loves Georgia more than her. Mm. Had some Fiji water. Yeah. Lots I, of it. I actually tried to find some Fiji water on, at the service station before I came here and there wasn't any. I'm like, they, the neighbor's art department must have bought it all. I know. Well, all those boxes of it they had. But what cracks me up online is that some people are calling it Fuji water. Yes. Like Mount Fuji. <laughs> yes. Um, it's Fiji. It's very tropical. Mm. Now, Kyle spends the rest of the episode deciding not only is he moving to Germany, but he's out of there today. He's yep. he's not going straight there. He's going to Germany via Frankston. Via Franger, yeah. Through the, that's not actually on the way to the airport, but that's okay. But he's going to go hang out with his mum, Shaz Can, because it's, quote, too weird around the Canning House. Yeah. Because his ex lives there. Oh, him. but frankly, she is weird and her mother's weird. And it's weird that, okay, so he, he takes the time to say goodbye to all the family. It's weird that Amy sticks around for the whole day. Yeah. Like, she's a professional victim if, there. If someone's chosen someone else over me and I live in that house and he's packing up his staff. You're heading down to Harold's. Though Harold's is closed. 
I'll go to the off air bar and have a jug of cocktail. Um, what do you so okay, Phil? What would Kyle need to get his affairs in order to flee the country in a yeah, couple of days? As someone oh, who yeah, has you, has lived overseas, yeah, yeah you need the uh, up to date passport. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too sure if you still need. Uh, oh, he like, went to no. Thailand, didn't he? Oh yeah, so not we, long ago. Okay, so, so we've got that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Or any visas? No, to like a yeah. visa to work or to to actually visit over there before starting work. Maybe he's going to do like a shonk tourist visa. Yeah. So he might overstay his visa, maybe. I mean, at least I've got friends that live overseas in Europe and stuff and they always have to fly back like once Mm. a year or once every two years to renew their visas. Mm. Yeah. That's going to be costly. But but even poor bossy. I was looking up on this and you have to like have, um, get a rabies injection, I think three, 21 days before Um, the oh. dogs travel and obviously because we don't have rabies in Australia which is fine so obviously the dog's not going to have rabies but they need to get vaccinated against it which I'm sure our UK listeners would be able to so Bossy, verify. Bossy's apparently currently in quarantine. Do you mm. work with dogs as well Phil? Yes. <laughs> he's actually he's a multi-level level expert dogs and children and humans. What do they what, what would Bossy's process be here? Uh, he'd need to get like at least a vet that checks them out completely first and, and then could... gets a like medical certificate and any you know, ongoing medical requirements that, that he needs over there, uh, you know, and then... Well, because Bossy's yeah. had like brain surgery yeah. too. So she, they'd have to take her meds with them. Yeah. And also he wouldn't be going to that same vet because he's still got a gazebo that he owes that vet. Oh, yes, and he's mate, I'm leaving the country. Skipping town. But you'd, you'd also need to go to like a specialist vet that's like um, approved to sign off on quarantines as well. Mm. You couldn't just go to your average suburban vet, I'd say. So I'm really sad here. So he says goodbye to Amy. He says goodbye to Jimmy. Poor old Jimmy. It's Devo. He's losing his mate. Yeah. And he says to Amy, can I still contact him while I'm overseas? No. Get no, away from my son. Clean. Yeah. I don't want you anywhere clean near break. him. And then he says goodbye to Colette Nan. She was she broke my heart a little bit. And then oh, I feel I really feel for her because she wouldn't buy in that crappy suburb if it hadn't have been for Kyle and yeah. like an attempt to keep her family together. And Frankston's on the up and up property wise. Yeah. She could have had like bay views. Oh. And the 21st Century Dance Club. But there you go. And then Zancan comes back. And she's all upset. She's like, I've only known you five minutes. And then she realizes, and I actually don't really know you at all. So see ya, have fun. <laughs> send, me, send me some German chocolate. Because I don't know what else this is going to be good some for. Some Schweinhund. <laughs> um, yeah. So finally, this is the moment where I'm devastated. Because Bossy doesn't get a final scene. I didn't actually know. No, how sad is that? The penny didn't drop for me that she wasn't coming back. He just says she's in quarantine. We didn't even get, you know, like D style. We didn't even get like a like a, a rusty red tail hanging out a car window. We did. There was no montage of her with the bra off the clothesline. Yeah. Oh, she was like a little fluffy puppy. And the only way, the only way the penny dropped for me is because I went on Instagram and Bossy's trainer. If you go to the username Bossy the Dog on Insta, oh yeah, she posted a tribute. She posted a tribute montage. For all the dog's fine yeah, moments. not good enough. And Bossy what? would steal every scene she was in. I am Devo. Devo. Mm. Then he leaves. So he... Oh, the other thing, as a throwaway, he says to Amy, you can have the business. Yeah. Um. Excuse me. Well, first of all, he owes her $25,000. That business would not would be worth, what, maybe two grand? Yeah. I mean, he's got, like, stock on hand. Also, the business is called Dial a Kyle. Yeah. So oh, thanks. What's its new name going to be? Someone posted a spoiler on The Art of Neighbours, uh-huh. and it's called The Handy Woman. It's kind of 
bit, could be a bit rude, but you know. <laughs> Can you just say to someone, here's my business, there you go, have it. Do you have to transfer like your tax file number across and all this stuff? I don't, I don't think you'd be keeping up to date with these, what, what's that tax call? With these best, best statements. <laughs> so that was like this unceremonious exit for Kyle and the dog. And I'm like, Kyle's dead to me. He's taken bossy. And I'm not even that much of a dog person, but she, yeah. she was the best canning. She was. And we need more pets in um, Ramsey Street. Yeah, we need another cat. I don't care how hard they are. Get a really old one that doesn't move much. <laughs> just, just get one, a taxidermied one that just sits on, on laps permanently. A really fluffy one, so you can't tell. It doesn't quite move. Like, oh, oh, Fluffy's come to sit on your lap again. <laughs> oh, Fluffy's such a good cat. She really likes you, Carl. <laughs> So, oh, and we leave off the whole week, finish Hotel Death Chat Week with Steph rummaging through Paul's files in oh, the Oh, yes, back in the Erinsborough because shitty motel. she's had that heartbreaking moment with Toadie and she's angry that mm. whatever's happened. So she needs to know what's in what's in the briefcase. Yeah, she doesn't make a beeline for the red folder, which is where I would be going. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know what's in this, bizzo. Yeah. She goes to Paul's briefcase. Yep, and Jemmy's at open. And what's and in it, there? Well, I don't know. It's not like Pulp Fiction when they open the briefcase. It just looks kind of empty. It may as well have been a balaclava and a sign saying, I blew up the hotel. Because it was plans, um, architecture, what are they, blueprints yeah, of the, the bo- boiler room yep. at Lassiter's. Well, look, he owned it for a very long time. Look, yeah, I wouldn't surprise me if he just had it lying around in yeah. his possessions. So it doesn't look good for Robbo. Thank God we're fortnightly because I need a breather. I'm spent. <laughs> Uh, it is they've actually really delivered on the biggest week ever because I've, I've been thinking about it a lot this week oh it has it has really drained my life I, I I mean I think the festival actually had more events the Erinsborough festival had more plot points I think the it had someone driving into something yeah Harold nearly killed everyone but also I think that the hotel explosion it was one day spread out over a week which was I think yeah. a bit more difficult which was take. a marathon as of viewer, it was a marathon yeah Bill, what's your standout moment from the week? I think it was probably uh, Ghost Doug. <laughs> like, that was quite comical, you know. Like, <laughs> we, we laughed. We laughed out loud. <laughs> now they've set a precedent. So now you know, anybody that dies on Ramsey Street will still have to have a ghost. Maybe we can. they can do a spin-off sitcom, just Ghosts yeah. of Ramsey Hanging Street. Hanging out with Ghost Priya. We've seen Ghost Priya yeah. before. Well, we want Stingers back. Dare I say Ghost Kate? <laughs> no. <laughs> Though, like, yeah, maybe that's, yeah, maybe Doug's just wandering off to go, ghost Kate at the murder rotunda. Yeah. And Kate, your standout? It was actually his dead body just being left out to, like, become oh. a bit of Doug jerky on the ground for wow. hours upon end. Those paramedics, I know that they had a lot on their plates that day, but come but, on. But they could erect a gazebo over him, yet they couldn't just chuck a sheet over Pack him. Pack him up. Put him in the ambulance. Yeah. So we'll leave off with our final messages from Neighbours listeners of their standout moments. And this is Rachel at Rachel J. Ryan and Chloe underscore Diana. This voice memo is brought to you by Fiji Water. Um, Hello, I am apparently the long-lost daughter of Julie Quill. When it comes to what was the most outstanding moment of the week, where do you begin? Possibly with Imogen's smug nodding when her dying brother told her she was always the smarter twin. A modest... As ever, Emil. Um, Paul using the line, I can't promise it'll make you feel good to Therese. Um, nice bit of shoehorning and Steph and Dennis's lovely 80s hit in there, which felt wildly appropriate given the circumstances. 
But I think probably my favourite moment of the week is what I would like to call the nine lives of Toadfish Rebecca, who should probably be more aptly named Catfish, given his propensity to survive ridiculous situations. The man has now been shot in the back during an armed siege. He has survived being knocked over by a car. He fell off a jumping castle in what was probably the worst stunt I think I've ever seen on television. And he survived a school fire. He's regained the use of his legs. He's now trapped under a pile of rubble. And I also liked the peril that he was apparently in um, and that they were coming from above. I don't know if he was in that underground car park, but you could clearly see behind him a window with ground level grass. Why couldn't the paramedics and SES just enter through there? It feels like that would be a lot more sensible. Thanks. Hi guys, this is Chloe from Suffolk in the UK. Yeah, my moment of the week is probably more of a person than a moment, and that is to rage, or tear-raise as I've been calling her this week because there's just been so many tears. The actual moment for me though would have to be her and Paul on Thursday when he tells her he loves her. Um, I really like these two together and I have for a long time. Um, I think they have excellent chemistry and they bounce off one another really well. And then her saying that she couldn't get through it without him, which was really sweet. So thank you for the podcast, guys. Um, I love listening, often in the car on the way to work, grinning like an idiot. Um, so thank you very much. Bye. And now we'll hear from, as well, uh, Hayley, who got to go to that event that we mentioned in the previous episode where Aaron Down the Mines was hosting a preview screening. And, and, and he called himself Aaron Down the Mines, which was just, such a thrill. Just an amazing day. And she uh, gave a little review of the event and uh, got very up close and personal with Aaron. So here is Hayley. Hello, neighbours. Hayla here from the Outer Neighbours, at Father Bananas on Twitter, and I was one of the attendees at the London screening of Hotel Death Trap with Aaron Down the Mines. I'm here with a bit of non-spoilery behind-the-scenes gossip from the day. Firstly, do you remember the Heatwave episodes and their amazing special effects? Well, Scott Major, or Lusicus, was the director of those episodes and had some quite lofty ambitions about making the middle of winter seem hot. In fact, he wanted to put a flamethrower under the camera. But health and safety said no, so what did they do? They put a toaster underneath the camera. If you watch back and some of the scenes are pretty short, it's probably because they had to stop filming before the toast popped up. Uh, Next, there are copies of the script hidden everywhere on set. Behind sofa cushions, under coats, everywhere. So if, like, Nate or someone is making a cocktail behind the bar at the waterhole, they're probably checking the script. Last bit of behind-the-scenes gossip, the writers definitely listen to their fans. Every reference to limes on the show is an intentional in-joke directed at Art of Neighbours from when Kate Ramsey just cut limes all the time when she worked at, I think it was Charlie's back then. And then the show started calling Mark Detective McHottie after Art of Neighbours started that, although obviously he's now Constable Dillcop. Um, And the latest Neighbourhood even had a reference to Terage. So, brilliant. Aaron Down the Mines is a lovely bloke and he has abs of steel, I know, because I touched them. He also kind of <laughs> did a, a tiny bit of a lap dance in my direction, which was probably one of the highlights of my life. Um, he was really funny and really excited to meet us and not afraid to cry in front of us all at the screening when Pastori Josh was impaled on a mortal coil. Um, he's definitely the best Brennan, but he wouldn't give us any spoilers, so unfortunately you'll have to just deal with my anecdotes about toasters and scripts and limes. Have a good day. 
Uh, thanks so much, everyone who sent us voice memos. Send them to us anytime, whenever yep, you, something takes, takes your fancy. What's in the red folder? Neighbourspod at gmail.com. Just record one on your phone and email it through. Th- 30 seconds, that's all we need. And uh, we'll be back in a fortnight. Maybe they'll have worked out who did everything and then they've just wrapped it up and we're back oh, to ceramic pigs. Because it's been hectic. You know what? Long time no ceramic pig. We're yeah. due one. Yeah. Thanks so much. Tweet us anytime at Neighbourspod and I'm at Vaya Pashas on Twitter. I'm Kate. I'm at Remued on Twitter. Phil, do you tweet? Uh, no, I don't. I'm Phil at work. <laughs> People, uh, it's a very expensive flight for some of our listeners to come find you at work. So. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me and thanks for uh, home delivery. So. Yeah, we've we've uh, broadcast from the Mobile Pirate Net Studios today. Yeah, we're out at Eden Hills Uni today. <laughs> It's um, there's not many enrollments have dropped since Amber and yeah, since no, Josh and the, died. The, the, the students are getting younger and younger. A baby Madge has popped up, popped in. But thanks, and thanks for all the amazing tweets during Hotel Death Chat Week. It's been epic, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Don't I make a feel good.